Hey everyone, we're back for another week of Find Your Film. This one's an interesting week because we don't, I wasn't able to get a screening link for this week, so we're not actually reviewing any quote-unquote new movies. Not going to say why. Uh, we, we were just not, some of these movies were not available for press time. Say what you will about any of these movies. Who knows, maybe, they, maybe they're really awesome, but we, we just weren't able to get to them. But, or maybe they're really, really horrible. So what do you think, Bruce? Do you think maybe we didn't get links because some of these movies might be really the worst movies in the world? What do you think? Absolutely. That's the reason. That's the only reason. That's the only reason it could be. Because to not have us viewing it with our awesome viewing eyeballs, they must be really ashamed of what they were going to show us. That's the only reason. Well, Eric Holmes, other than your your moniker this week, which is I don't wear pants, you also, I don't know if you bungled that moniker, but do you agree with Bruce Perky's take that some of the... Why, why didn't we get links? Well, well, first of all, that's not my moniker. I did not write that. And I don't know why you just admitted to us that you don't wear pants. <laughs> but that's neither here or there. I don't, I, I don't know uh, the uh, non-links. Maybe, uh, maybe they thought uh, my brain just fails me too many times. And like, yeah, we're not going uh, to talk about our movies. <laughs> yeah, well, the good thing about it is with without the release of a new without a review of a new film this week we were able to go a little bit outside the box when we and we're going to get to Bruce Perky's what's in the box segment later but outside the box is thanks to Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes they decided to pick a featured review each and Eric Holmes what was your pick for our featured review this week uh Greenland okay. the uh, Gerard Butler disaster movie yeah I, yeah what, well i guess uh are we we going on that now or are we going to say what Bruce's pick was? as well yeah we're gonna say with bruce bruce what's your pick this week greg don't wear pants <laughs> greg don't wear pants very good but you know i i want your 12 year olds first of all first of all listeners it's this is an explicit show i am much more professional i don't know why they're saying i don't wear pants first of all my video is off so they shouldn't be knowing all my secrets so <laughs> anyways other it's not greg don't wear pants it's dogs don't wear pants it is currently streaming on shutter so bruce perky he he really enjoyed this movie i think he reviewed it maybe several months ago bruce and he had me and eric holmes watch it and eric holmes did you 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 wanted greenland because uh it's a good topic of conversation or you just you know it's I, you're a gerard butler guy or they there was this uh i had an ex-girlfriend and we decided we had this in joke that we were going to go see Geostorm because Geostorm was coming out and it's like, that looks fucking stupid. And then we saw like the, the uh, box office, like that movie was bombing. So then we're like, we have to do our part to save Gerard Butler. <laughs> go see Geostorm. <laughs> so we by the way, that's like, a nice, that's a nice ex-girlfriend. That, that's a very nice thing. That, that's at least that's a good quality. That's one yeah. good quality, right? It's, it's probably why we're not together anymore. <laughs> She's like, man, this guy <laughs> drug me to see Geostar. I was joking. I thought, you know, anyway, so we went and saw it and I was like, man, that movie was stupid, but I kind of loved it. And I thought that Greenland was going to be the same thing. And it turned out to be, it was stupid on the surface. But I think the movie is a lot more brilliant than it lets on, and okay. I and I, I guess we'll just get into it. So well, we're gonna get into that in a oh, second. Okay, all right, go Don't ahead. Don't you dare! You, you know, I'm the, you're <laughs> the one who's, who doesn't wear pants. You're getting too excited, Eric Holmes. Before I we am. get to uh, before we get to Greenland or dogs, don't wear pants. Let's get into something that's uh, really interesting. 
our giveaway, our giveaway regarding Entertain Mart. Yeah. Can you give us a state of the state? Jeff, Jeffrey Basson and uh, Chad Wolfong, they won. What, yep. what was, did you contact them? Did you, did you keep the gift yeah. yourself, Eric? What did you do? Yeah, so uh, Chad, I mailed to him today as we're recording this on a Wednesday. And uh, Jeffrey wanted me to just take a picture of, a, uh, of the gift cards and email it to him. So that's what I did. And he hit me up like an hour ago saying uh, I took the number, called him, you know, found he found the movie he wanted. I think he picked Days of Heaven on a Criterion version of that for like mm-hmm. seven bucks and uh, called him up, gave him the gift card number. And according to him, it worked great. So, uh, don't, you know, fingers crossed it. It works that good for chat as well and people going forward. But it's I thought it was going to be weird, but it seems like it's working pretty good. So, uh yeah, very happy to hear that, and uh, very happy to hear that uh, Jeffrey got Days of Heaven on uh, Criterion for seven bucks. I've been eyeballing that forever, and I just never pulled the trigger. And uh, looks like it's too late, but maybe I'll find it again soon. Yeah, that's what happens when you when you do these uh, gift cards uh, away to give these gift cards away from Entertain Mart. Some of our Cinematics Facebook group Facebook group members or just fellow cinephiles are just going to grab some of these really cool movies. I still, Bruce, when's, have you seen Days of Heaven? Did you, did you, I mean, has it been years or have you ever checked that movie it, out? It has been years. And in fact, just recently, I, I think it's on, it's on Netflix or one of the channels and I've seen it on there a few times and almost rewatched it again. So it's, it's going to happen sometime in the next six months, probably. Um, yeah. So I have seen Days, Days of Heaven. It's been a long time, but I noticed it is on a few of the networks uh, right now. And I probably will get around to watching that sometime in the next six months because it's, it's, it's a real good one. I, I, you know, to be honest, I still have not seen Days of Heaven. I've been meaning to see it for years on end. And uh, it stars Richard Gere and the late Linda, Linda Mance is in it. And uh, yeah, again, directed by Terrence Malick. I'm thinking, I'm trying to remember the other woman, Brooke Adams, the young Brooke, young Brooke Adams in the very, very interesting movie, Days of Heaven. But now we're going to oh. transition now to, yes, sir, Eric. I was going to say, if only there was someone out there with a copy of Days of Heaven that we could get on the show and tell us about Days of Heaven. <laughs> yes, then, that's that's a slight allusion. That's a slight nod. Jeffrey Jeffrey Basson, if you want to actually get in on this, get in on Find Your Film, stop by, stop by with us for about five ten minutes. Talk about your thoughts on Days of Heaven. You can you can if you want. If you if you're all about speaking into the mic, Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky would definitely welcome you on the show because they are sick and tired of hearing me chat. So that's way too much of me. So if you want to get on to find your film, Jeffrey Basson, to talk about your love of Days of Heaven or your initial thoughts on it, please drop us a line. And listeners, if you actually win some of these Entertain Mart gifts, gift cards, and you purchase a DVD or Blu-ray or comic book or video game that you want to talk about, come on, come on by. We, you know, to be honest, we started the show as an archival situation, but honestly, what we're learning for, for the years we've spent on the cinematics Facebook group community and all that stuff, a lot of it is we it's more about us getting great recommendations from from you guys as well. So it's it's a really cool community and we're growing it in a gradual sense. Bruce Perky does that with his what's in the box segment, which we're gonna to get to later in the program. And Eric Holmes is doing it with his ties with Entertain Mart. It's actually an organic give an organic giveaway. He goes to Entertain Mart every Friday after a hard week's work and he tries to find really interesting movies. Unfortunately, one of those movies that is gone is Days of Heaven. So, so that's not a good thing. But what's a good thing right now is we're gonna be covering Greenland. The first movie, that's Eric Holmes's choice. It's currently out on digital and you can own it on Blu-ray and DVD. I actually have it on Blu-ray. I 
have for months, not from, well, I guess for months or for weeks, I've been making fun of Eric Holmes for actually purchasing stuff on Blu-ray. I think, I think, uh, you know, Bruce Porky joins in on Devon a little bit. We, we, we just chide Eric Holmes about spending a little bit of money on YouTube when he shouldn't be doing it. This morning, I had Greenland right next to my bed on Blu-ray, did not want to actually put it into the Blu-ray machine. And I did the Eric Holmes move and I spent what is it, five ninety nine or six ninety nine on YouTube to just watch it on my bleeping iPad? I know Eric Holmes is Eric Holmes. This is your pick. I want to start off with you, Bruce Perky. Just regarding your thoughts on Greenland, it's a disaster movie. There's a comet coming. I guess it's comet coming from the sky, and it's a survival movie. Your initial thoughts on this film, starring Morena Baccarin, Gerard Butler, and a kid. I don't know who his name is, but he's crying and sniffling a lot. <laughs> Well, this is just what I would want from a Gerard Butler movie. In fact, knowing that I was going to be watching this movie, I was, this this is actually the kind of popcorn movie that I will go into sometimes. Like I've seen all of the Olympus has fallen and all of those things, which are him as well. And uh, I told my son, I think Saturday night, I said, Hey, it's going to be about a comet or a meteor hitting the earth, then try to survive. Let's watch it. He's like, cool. We literally got popcorn and we watched this movie. And for what it is, I think it's pretty damn good. It's pretty fun. I and I and one little thing, and then we'll actually talk about it. I feel like Gerard Butler is what The Rock wants to be. Ooh, wow, that is huge. That okay, that's huge. That's high praise. Okay, so we're we're gonna get a little bit deeper into Greenland. Eric Holmes, I guess, I think I was surprised. I thought Bruce was going to knock it. He did not knock it. What did you love about Greenland? I'm assuming you really enjoyed this film. This movie was actually starting to piss me off early on because the character, like, okay, the the whole point is there's a meter coming to Earth and Gerard Butler gets a text, like a, what was that, like a presidential text or whatever that says, because at at this point, everyone knows that the meters are going to fly close to Earth. They don't quite know that it's going to hit it. And now yeah. they know that it's probably going to hit it. And that he gets a text saying, you and your wife and your kid has been chosen. Meet us here. And what does he do? He plays on the TV when he's got a bunch of people over. <laughs> uh, All right, honey, come on. We got to, I can't do a Gerard Butler. Fuck. I couldn't do a, <laughs> can't do many impressions. It doesn't stop me anyway. But anyway, he's like, come on, honey, we got to go. And she's like, I have to make a peanut butter sandwich for our child so we can eat it. And and they're they're packing and they're doing all this stuff. And it's like you do realize there's a meteor coming, right? Like it's kind of a big deal. Maybe make the peanut butter sandwiches later if you absolutely have to do it. That they're they do everything absolutely wrong. And I'm like, God, these these characters are so stupid. And I was blaming the writers. And then you see other characters. And the other characters are kind of acting how people would in a situation like that. And then they get to the uh the characters like the the um you know all the emergency response characters. Right. And they're acting kind of, you know, as they would. And the only people that are really poorly written are Gerard Butler, his wife, and his kid. And then I started to think, oh, this is an indictment on entitled Karens of the world. (laughs) There's a natural disaster that will kill everyone. We are entitled, and we're just going to do stuff because we can. And 
everyone else's safety be damned and the like and again the rest of the the rest of the movie you know the science was i mean the science wasn't perfect but it was close enough for a movie like this and and there's just there's just so much else that was done right in the movie that i don't think that was an accident and i don't know if you or bruce agree with that but uh i i think that's what kind of turned me on to the movie and then the uh well, I I won't get into the end, but uh, yeah, there's uh, a <laughs> th- th- this was this was a lot smarter, and I might be giving it too much credit, and if I am, oh well, take the extra credit. I'm fine with that, but uh, yeah, I, I think this movie's a lot smarter than I initially gave it credit for, and after watching it, I was like, yeah, that's, that's a pretty good one. I see what you <laughs> I see what you did there, Rick Romanois and Chris Sparling, the writers and directors of this movie. I see what you're doing, and I got it. Cause I'm wicked smart. <laughs> well, there's, there's this one scene I think when, when she's actually, well, I'm like, you can't really give, I know what you're saying. When, when, one of the, when one of the main characters, Morena Baccarin, she's Alison Garrity. She is the, the wife and she is in trouble. The one of the one person who is, I believe he's either, I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember his ethnicity. He's not white and he's, an aid worker. He's helping her through the tents. They're tr- she's trying to find someone, let's just say, and he's helping her and helping her and helping her. And towards the end of the scene, the scene is resolved and she doesn't even say thank you. <laughs> and it's one of those things where that's one of the many things she gets picked up by what looks like a Latino family in on a highway. Everything's crazy. No one else is picking her up. Probably in to your point, director Rick Roman, while maybe he just really put this in there, which is interesting. If the tables were turned, would John Garrity and Allison Garrity, the, the parents, the son is not culpable here because he's just a kid. Would the Garrities pick up a stranded person on the side of the street on the on the highway? Nope. They would be probably be racing 100 miles an hour for their survival. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. And I think the goal of the movie saying this is, you know, sort of the strong survive or the selected, the selected survive, but really in the midst of all this chaos, there are all these people who know that they may be sacrificial lambs and it's weird at how they're actually more mature than, than the people who are privileged. And I think, I don't know if, I think that's a very interesting point that you make, Eric, because that little nugget is hidden into this whole movie and you could completely miss that and really enjoy it. But I thought it was very interesting that it's the people of color in this movie who are the ones who just seem to be the most logical and composed in the, in a, in the face of tragedy. And I don't know. I, I don't, it, Bruce, what do you think? Do you think Rick Roman Watt just put that or was that, it was it accidentally on purpose or are we reading into this? You know, I, I'm kind of on the fence, but I think there's enough to support it that at least it's plausible. And the reason I would say, uh, so you brought up the one point, right, Greg? That one scene, the scene that tr- struck me. And once again, I won't spoil it. There's a scene earlier in the movie where um, Morena's character is asking for them to break a rule. Something has happened that now is is voiding some entitlement that she has at that point. And she says, what would you, to the, to the worker that's there, who's also a person of color, she says to that woman, well, what would you do in this situation? And the lady, and that person says, uh, I wasn't chosen. And that is another moment where it's like, oh, that's where I thought it really twisted a little bit. Like, yeah, you just assume you should get it because you are who you are. I didn't get that. And I'm still doing my job. And I think that's kind of what you're getting at. 
Greg, is that there's a bunch of scenes kind of like that in this movie. And it's just a dumb action movie, too. So you can enjoy it on just the dumb action movie point. But I would say another thing that would also support Eric's thing is that this movie, the actual plot of this movie is more like a Walking Dead situation than it is like standard disaster movie. There's a lot more to do with the interactions of people in the in the crisis than there is about the crisis itself. Yes, yes. And uh, this goes without saying that we all want the Garrity's to survive by the end. We're, we're not going to spoil it if they do or not. We're pulling for them. Oh, Eric Holmes, did you just shake your head? <laughs> you want them to survive. I was hoping that they died in a horrible fire the entire time. Are you serious? Even the kid. Even the kid. Even the kid. Even, even the kid. Even the kid. Jerome, he's culpable too. Just sever that bloodline. <laughs> wow. Bruce Perky, did you? I okay, just, okay. I, just, I, I, I didn't mean that. I just that. got not a text kid, from but... PBS Kids. They're not sponsoring our explicit podcast anymore. So... <laughs> oh, so you just really were not on board with the, with this family. You wanted them. You wanted what? Well, we're not going to say. No, no we... this this reminded me. And I, I wonder if uh, I Care A Lot had a a lot to do with the way I was watching this movie because it was the same deal with I care a lot. When I first started watching the, the first like 15 minutes of that movie, I was like, fuck this movie. I cannot know. And then it was the same deal with Greenland. I was in these characters and I'm like, God, I hope they die. But then like that, especially that scene that Bruce mentioned where the, I wasn't chosen scene. I was like, Oh, okay. This is a, <laughs> this isn't terrible writing. And these aren't bad, poorly written characters. This is an indictment on entitled assholes. And and so now I'm on board. I know what this movie is now, or at least what I think this movie is. And uh, no, I was not at all rooting for any of them. <laughs> I was hoping bad things happened to all three of them. Wow. Very well, situ- two of them. Not the kid. Not the kid, because I'm not evil. <laughs> okay, good, good. Uh, at least you care a lot. For, you care a lot for the kid, at least. A modicum amount. Bruce, you, t- you mentioned this. Uh, you said it was a dumb action movie, and I, I think you, you meant you meant that in the kindest of gestures. Yeah, With- yeah, like in the surface, just fun gesture yeah you know what when you do have a dumb action movie or a movie you can just have popcorn with and enjoy i think what rick roman wad did it's, it's directed by him it's written by chris sparling i have not watched any of i mean I've, sparling has an interesting screen screenwriting career i'm trying to look at what he did that was he did this movie called buried which which I heard was heard was really good. It's with Ryan Reynolds. He's in the coffin for and and Eric Holmes. You love that as well. Okay, so he's putting his yes. thumbs up. Oh, very good. And then yeah, so that, did- that 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 movie was like textbook, like limited storytelling or whatever. Like that. Oh, Baird was great. Yeah, and then in 2018 he did another movie called Down a Dark Hall. It's a thriller with Uma Thurman, and I really enjoyed that. That was that was a pretty interesting movie as well. Anyway, so it's. I think it's a, it's a really good script for what it is. As it, we we just finished the Poseidon Adventure with our with our recent podcast, okay, and I, with with Ronald Neen, and I feel like there's, you can watch the Poseidon Adventure for the characters, and Greenland, you can also you watch it for the characters as well. The CGI, the effects, you know, you can knock the effects as much as you want, or you, there's not too much of that disaster action in the movie. Like Bruce said, it's more about the interplay between among the people, and that's why you're gonna really if you really want more interactions with people, the human element of a disaster movie, I think Greenland's very, very well done. But what's interesting is when you do have that quote unquote dumb action movie or popcorn film, make sure you litter it with really good actors. The father of Morena Baccarin's character <laughs> is played by Scott Glenn. So under lesser hands, that role 
would not have been knocked out of the park by a lesser actor. You have Scott Glenn towards a pivotal part of the movie. You're good. You have Hope Davis and David Denham. You might not know that guy's name, David Denham, but you've seen him before in The Office. You have them play a couple who are who actually are trying to survive and they, they bump into Allison and they bump into the Garrity's. Played by lesser actor, it, lesser actors, it would have been campy and ridiculous, but they add a level of gravitas to it. So I think I was surprised at how good this movie was overall. It's two yeah. hours. I think it's two hours. And I, I found it to be a very quality <laughs> film. I was. Yeah. 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 And also, the by the way, the Blu-ray for Greenland, it also has an audio commentary by Rick Roman. Wah. By the way, you know, you, you said you said that regarding The Rock. You know, and Gerard Butler, Rick Romanois. I think one of the films that he previous films he did was headlined by The Rock. So maybe what you can do is you can email or or hit up Rick Romanois on the on the Twitter space and ask him, hey, ask him the Gerard Butler The Rock question, Bruce Berkey, because I know you want to do that. But it's it's an interesting analysis. I got got to give you respect for that. But finally, the Blu-ray also has deleted scenes, and I can't wait to actually watch. Hopefully some of these deleted scenes have some extra meat to it. Eric Holmes, final thoughts on Greenland and Bruce, final thoughts as well? I would say uh, give it a shot and the characters are very annoying and that might turn you off. But I think that's kind of the point. I think that's kind of what they're going for on this. The science kind of holds up for the most part, which is uh, good to see in disaster movies like this. And also, like Bruce said, the, the dumb fun disaster aspect of it. It's also, you know, pretty good. So, yeah, this is this was kind of like a deep impact. It was a lot better than it should have been. And uh, I think undercover, if our theories hold correctly, uh, it might be even more brilliant than a lot of people give it credit for initially. I agree, Bruce. I just want to say I did watch one of the deleted scenes and uh, the Marina's character does in that one scene I was asking about. She asked to speak to a manager that happened oh wow <laughs> i'm so right i am so right. it hurts right. that would be so uh, that would be so funny <laughs> can i speak to him can i speak to your manager oh i'm sorry well millions of people are dying and you uh you want to contact our manager and hr that is very you know i uh, maybe i'm giving allison garrity played by morena baccarin a, a pass because i've always had a huge time crush on morena baccarin love her from deadpool and firefly and everything like that but to Eric's point, maybe she is a total care in the movie. I'm not going, but I'm not going to go fully there because I still have the crush, Eric Holmes. So I apologize for that. By the way, Eric Holmes, Geostorm or Greenland, which is the better movie? Which would you recommend first? Uh, like for real, recommend this one for like, I want to watch a stupid movie, Geostorm. Geostorm okay. didn't make a lick of sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Did you have fun <laughs> with Geostorm? Like, like, like this movie, Greenland is like undercover brilliant. Geostorm is so completely it's incompetent dumb. that it's hilarious and kind of, I mean, I don't like watching movies to laugh at it, but I mean, that's kind of what Geostorm is. And yes. Yeah. And it's one that is funny to laugh at because it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Uh, all right. So that is our first feature review. Our next featured review is a movie that Bruce Perky has been hammering me and Eric to see. I, I when, I, when I say hammering, I mean it's it's uh, you know there's a lot of hammering in this movie too. I mean when you think with dogs don't wear pants, there's a lot of things that go on here in this movie, and he's really high on this film. Bruce, too. I'm gonna just stop babbling. I'm gonna let you take. It's currently streaming on Shutter. Mm-hmm. Quick thumbnail and what is it about this movie that still sticks with you? I guess Dogs Don't Wear Pants, 2019, directed by J.P. Valkiapa. I guess is how you say it. I don't know. He's from. 
Finland or Sweden. This first came across my radar, William Lindis, Movie Bears Podcast, Weekly Mention. He, he saw it like two fantastic fests ago. And then about a year ago, it popped up on Shutter. So basic concept is um, the main character, Zhuha, played by Pekka Strang. Strong. It's the very beginning of the movie, so this is no spoiler. You see his wife drown. And then you fast forward to the into the next the beginning of the movie basically is fast forwarding. What would you say? Probably eight years, seven, eight years, something like that. Yeah, maybe um, least, you know, maybe probably even a decade. Yeah, his daughter's quite a bit older. His daughter's like fifteen or sixteen now. Yeah, and when so you see the first scene, she's a little kid. So yeah, she's well, maybe four or five at the most. The the basic opening scene is his daughter for her birthday wants to get her tongue pierced. He takes her to like a tattoo shop piercing place. And while she's doing that, they say, oh, there's, you know, it's too crowded in here, old man, basically, <laughs> get out of here. So he kind of wanders around and wanders into the, the subfloor of this place and into basically a dominatrix's workspace. I guess that's the most general way to talk about it. The dominatrix is, her name is Mona. She's played by Krista Kosinen. Krista Kosinen, after watching her, I wondered, I immediately Googled to see if she, like, I'm an idiot. I don't know anything about Finnish culture or whatnot, but she speaks fluent English. And I'm just wondering, other than Blade Runner 2049, she had a small role in that, wondering why she hasn't actually just moved stateside to actually make some movies because A, she's and she's an actress. She's very magnetic and she's excellent in this movie. No disrespect to Pekka Strong as Juha. He's pretty much the anchor of the narrative, but it's their, it's their interplay, which is very fascinating to me. And a lot of, a lot of takeaways from this. First of all, my first takeaway is Krista Kosanen is a star. She should be in more films. Maybe I should see the more of the films that she's doing in her country. Eric Holmes, what are some of your initial takeaways from Dogs Don't Wear Pants? Well, first of all, you click on Shutter and it's got the picture of what the movie is. And right away, I'm like, oh, so it's like a dominatrix thing. And I started watching the movie and the, the opening of the movie is not at all dominatrix-y. Like, it, the, like Bruce said, it's got the, the suicide portion of it and like all that. But it's like a family movie. And then I kept pausing it and looking to make sure, is this a, is this a, the dogs don't, yep, says dogs don't wear pants. All right, I'll keep watching. And then, uh, yeah, it gets to the dominatrix portion of it. Kind of turns a little seven with the uh, uh, sex place. <laughs> but it, it started doing that, doing that thing where the uh, sex is dangerous, you know. You know, and I was kind of getting a little bothered by that because you know the uh, you know whatever your whatever your fetishes are, I don't think they're inherently bad, but it seemed like that's where they were going with it. And then uh, he was definitely using his his fetish, as far as I can tell, it was a newfound fetish. He was definitely using it to cope with the loss of his wife, but it wasn't until in the very end there was a. Uh, Someone sees someone else and there's a look at joy. And then I was like, oh, okay, I, I, I see where they're going with this. And I, I was a little, I, I was a little happier with where the, uh, where the story went, I guess, by the very end. I had no, Bruce, I had no idea how much I'd love this movie. I probably blown away, blown away by dogs don't wear pants. First of all, I don't know. I, I don't wholeheartedly recommend it for everyone. This is one of those movies. If you have problems with your nails, do not watch dogs don't wear pants. If you have nail problems, if you if you have a cuticle, if you look at a cuticle and you go, oh, this looks. If you have a problem going to your local nail salon and you get a little bit grossed out by by how they buff your nails, 
by the way, I don't buff. Yes, I yes I do buff my nails once once and again when I have some extra cash. But if you have nail problems, don't wash dogs. Don't wear pants. If you have, pro- there are certain scenes of this movie which may gross you out. They take you to the limit. But that said, you can always close your eyes. You can always look away because I think the movie itself is, in a weird way, very uplifting and very inspiring and resonant and real and violent and creepy. It has everything under the sun that you want from a movie. And I hate to say this, but that director, J.P. Valkepa, I thought this movie would have gone overboard. And it's surprising. I can't believe I'm saying this. It's surprisingly subtle in the way they handle the relationship. They could have made the main character, Juha, sort of a sad sack and you automatically relate to him. But there are things that they do regarding his character and his arc, like Eric Holmes is saying, that I found very brave. And mm-hmm. yeah, I just thought this was a very brave film. I thought it's a very honest film. And brave and honest is something that's very hard to find in no matter what genre you face, you you tackle. I suggest that most people, if you can stomach it, and if you can look away for a couple seconds here and there, you're going to get a lot of bang for your buck from Dogs Don't Wear Pants. This is a movie that's currently streaming on Shudder, but I would suggest you highly just hunt this movie down. If you like love stories or relationship dramas, this is the movie to watch. Bruce Perkett, your review of it. Yeah, well, I mean, I've kind of done it before, and I, and I agree. Uh, watching it again, I think it holds true. And I think that a lot of Eric's kind of reservations, especially when I watched it again, I think a lot of those are, are allayed because there is throughout a lot more going on with both characters than you might first think. You know, you might think like, well, he's grieving and he's just going there to get pain to like, you know, deal with it or something. And that she's just straight up dominatrix, but they make points of showing her life outside of that. I think it's a really subtle movie when you really get down to it. And it's really interesting about characters and it's really interesting about what's healthy and what's not healthy and how you, what is a healthy, healthy relationship. You know, that's a lot about what this movie ends up getting at eventually. And also the final shot that we have, I I love so much. And it kind of was alluded to a little bit. And I so love watching it again. I had never noticed it the first time because you're kind of taking it in. But when you first see Mona, and I'm not going to describe exactly what happens, but there's a way she enters the scene when you first see it that is really effective and really does some interesting things that you don't even notice the first time. Like it's the first time something happens to his nail, which ends up being like a metaphor through the whole thing. I think it's a super great movie. If, if, like you said, if you're into a little more daring movies, and you want to see something that no one talks about hardly. That's the other thing I wanted to bring it up for because I, it, no one talks about this movie. I don't know if it's just because it's not available in that many places, but I think it's way higher quality than a movie like this has any right to be. So, yeah, I, I have Eric. Do you have any idea why it's not talked about? I mean, I, I'm I'm clueless. Um, well, I, I think it might have something to do with the name name of the movie. Dogs don't wear <laughs> pants, which makes sense when you hear it. It's sure. like dog, take your pants off. Dogs don't wear pants. But uh, I, I mean, maybe if they called it Tooth and Nail, <laughs> that would be pretty good. <laughs> um, and one point, uh, one point I wanted to bring up, and especially for a yeah. movie like this, it's got six point nine out of ten on IMDb. So that's yes. kind of perfect. Very good. You know, it's one of these and, things. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say it has a lot of really subtle humor in it too, and I think we're not really representing that. But I think you had even mentioned it, Greg. There's a scene where she says, you know 
something like silly dog. And she goes, Oh, not you. And I'm not going to say what that was, but just little things like that. There are a lot of stuff in there that is funny too, but it's not, it's not highlighted in a way that you might notice it at first. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's, it's hard to, to, I just really, for some reason, I'm drawing a parallel to dogs don't wear pants and Greenland, what they both do really well. And we forgot, I forgot to mention this Greenland. They, as a popcorn film, it's a stress, it's a stressor. The whole movie's a stressor. You're stressed out throughout the entire movie and it just never ends. Eric Holmes, you weren't as stressed out because you wanted all of them to die in a ball of flame. But you know, if you're, except the son, except the son, except the kid, except, except the kid, the kid. <laughs> except the kid. Okay. I did not say sever the bloodline out loud. I did okay. not say that out loud. <laughs> I'm not, you know what? I might accidentally, accidentally on purpose leave that one, leave that one in, but no, Greenland gets you stressed out. It amps up the, it amps up the stakes. So it doesn't let you relax. And with dogs don't wear pants. I don't, I don't really want to give too much away, but it doesn't let you breathe freely because the main character played by Pekka Strang, you're, you're wanting some kind of, you're wanting something to latch onto but that his character Juha in for most of the film is just you understand the tragedy, but there are other elements that he does. There are decisions he makes that will enra- that at least enraged me, especially regarding his relationship to his daughter, which I don't want to allude to even more. So, yeah, a lot of there's a there's some weird parallels. Greenland's about uh, in w- many ways. How do you parent? Your your kid. What's important is family more important than than your fellow neighbor. And in this one, Juha makes a certain decision regarding his relationship to his daughter, regarding his own sexuality, and most importantly, regarding his own past tragedy regarding his wife. That makes you, at least for me, not. I was not in his corner for a lot of the film, and I think that's a big gamble that the, a storyteller can make because if you can't latch on to the main person and sympathize or empathize you better make damn sure damn well sure that your movie's really good and that's what's awesome about dogs don't wear pants it's an awesome movie no matter what you think of juha by the end okay so great that is dogs don't wear pants and greenland that is our featured reviews for this week and bruce perky we're going to start off with your recommendation of the week what you got yes mine is a new release um, on Netflix uh, called Moxie. And this was suggested very strongly on our group by uh, Andrew Martin. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a chance. So Moxie is, basic concept is this. It's played out in format like a traditional teen movie, like a traditional Netflix teen movie. Very middle of the road, very palatable characters that you can all like and everything the basic concept is amy poehler's character has a child in high school named vivian vivian is the main character uh played by hadley robinson and her and her best friend claudia played by luann Tsai. i don't know how to say her name sorry lauren Tsai. yeah Yeah. so basically it starts with them their first day of the new year i think they're juniors or seniors that year and they're going to school and they're like oh no they're already starting the list And the school has a habit of having a list like you've seen in things before where it's like hottest, you know, best chest, best hair, most, you know, bangable, best butt, all this kind of stuff. All these really sexist kind of things. And they've just come to accept that as she walks in and they're like, oh, my God, they're already doing the list. And like a lot of these movies, you get to meet kind of the cast of characters in the school as she kind of goes through. And there's a brand new girl in school uh, named Lucy played by Alicia Pasqual Peña. I'm saying it wrong. Sorry. Um, Alicia Pasqual Peña. Peña. 
Pena, thank you. I didn't couldn't read my own writing. <laughs> so anyway, she's in, she comes to school. She's brand new. She doesn't know anything about the history of this list. And immediately she meets the kind of real sexist, like, uh, you know, head of the football team jock played by uh, Patrick Schwarzenegger. And she's just not having any of it. She's like, no, screw you. I'm not enough for this. And she's kind of becomes harassed she tries to take it to the principal the principal's like oh you know blow over and um basically what the story goes on is that vivian is empowered or i want to say empowered but i guess she's inspired to kind of follow in her mom's footsteps her mom has a little footlocker and it's full of her riot girl shit like literally full of riot girl stuff you know like fanzines and and all the music and everything and uh, she's inspired to make a, a fanzine called moxie and it basically starts taking on all the bullshit that she's seen in her school. And it becomes, uh, it goes from there. Uh, and I think it's really fun. It's the first movie that I've seen that has really used the Riot Girl scene as kind of a platform um, and taking it seriously, but also having fun with it. And the fact that the toxic fanboys online hate this movie for it being too woke and the super hardcore left side of things take this as being too like middle of the road, they keep saying like, well, the Vivian character is a white straight girl. She shouldn't be the star of this movie. That tells me this movie's doing something right. <laughs> so I think, and I'm going to tie it in and I'll stop talking in a second here, but I'll tie it into Greenland. I think the target of this movie are the potential Karens of the world. It's the people who have it pretty good, but are, you know, they have the right attitude, but they also kind of want to like not rock the boat. They kind of don't want to like, they want to let it blow over. It'll all be okay. They don't want to have to do anything. And this movie's all about, no, you should do something. So, and it's, but it's fun too. So I, I would really recommend it. It's really good. Wow. So it's a cut above your average teen film, basically. I think so. Yeah. Okay. So it's Moxie streaming on Netflix. Ah, interesting. Interesting. And directed by Amy Poehler. So yeah, I, I uh, like you said, ah. How's the how's Hadley Robinson as a lead? Good, Re- really good. Yeah, she's really good, really likable. I think that the once again the the Lucy character might be the standout. I could see her becoming a future star, and okay. she's almost like the co lead of this movie. But like I said, they they focus on the person who should do more and wouldn't naturally do more, which I think is in a sense the right choice for this movie. So okay, very cool. That is it, and that is Moxie. I, you know what? Shout out to Andrew. Andrew watches movies. That's his podcast. Andrew Martin has very, very good taste in cinema. He over the years, he's he's actually recommended a bunch of movies for me to see. And as the years progress, I still have not seen some of his recommendations. I, that said, Andrew Martin, by the way, if you are listening, you are the, the one of the few people including uh, Eric and Bruce and Anderson Cowan put you right up there as far as recommendation. So don't take my I haven't seen it yet as a slight to you. You have re- very, very good taste. Moxie, is that a movie that Eric Holmes that you might want to watch down the road? Is you're you're not a teen genre guy, right? You're not a teen movie guy. I'm not not a teen genre guy. I mean, I like the <laughs> uh, the map of tiny perfect things. Oh know? yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, uh, again, you know, this comes recommended from Andrew Martin, so you kind of yeah. gotta watch it. <laughs> like, especially if he's <laughs> is that excited about it, it's like, dude, Andrew won't shut the fuck up about this thing. <laughs> it must be awesome. Yeah, I don't. I don't mean that. I'm, I'm just fucking around. I, I don't mean that as a. I don't mean that as a pejorative at all. In fact, what was it? The uh, 4DO version that that turned out to be a great mm-hmm. movie. And he was just he was relentless, dude, dude, dude. You gotta see it. I'm like, okay, well, and I saw it. I'm like, dude, you were so right. So I, I figure 
I, I expect the similar things from Moxie. Bruce Perkey, you, you were just on the video, you were just holding up your DVD or, or Blu-ray copy of Spontaneous. The reason why I've been ignoring that is because it's another Charlie Plummer movie I've yet to see. I hear great things about it. Would you, rec- would you quickly recommend that Eric and I see it or just our listeners? Is Spontaneous something that really got to you? Spontaneous is spectacular. So good. So, so good. I, uh, I made my kid, um, today I got it. And I, I got the digital copy and I put it on my computer and I said to my, my oldest, said, watch the first five minutes. He watched the whole movie. Wow. Okay. Yep. Okay. Spontaneous. Maybe uh, Eric and I will watch that down the road. It looks like, yeah, Charlie Plummer, he, he's a stud. So um, I can't wait to to actually check out Spontaneous. He's not the star of that movie, though. I he's may throw star. it in spontaneously one of these days. Oh, that's well, who's the star? It's Catherine Langford. Is that the star of the movie? <laughs> so okay. Yeah, she's the, she's the knockout in that movie. He's good, but she's the knockout. She's Chef's Kiss. <laughs> chef's Kiss. Okay, <laughs> Chef's Kiss for Spontaneous. Eric Holmes, it is your turn. What is your recommendation this week on Find Your Film? Well, I will go with one. Uh, I heard him talking about it on the Film Vault. A guy, Byron Klosterman, uh, recommended it to Anderson and Brian, and they were talking about it, and it sounded interesting. So I watched it, and let me tell you, this movie is called The Guilty from 2018, and it is fantastic. And I can say almost nothing about it because there's so much discovery to be had in this. And it's it's harrowing, thrilling. And uh, well, so it starts off in a what, what would you call it? A like a police dispatch, police dispatch. Uh, yeah, police dispatch. Yeah. And guy's kind of bored. Uh, he's got, you know, he was demoted from whatever, you know. I used to work on the streets. Now I work at a desk. It sucks. And he's like, yeah, okay. Your knee hurts. Yeah. Okay. This happens. And then he gets a call. This, uh, this lady's clearly upset, but she's not making any sense. And I think, I think there was a story probably a couple months ago about someone that called nine one one and they're like, yes, I'd like a large, please. A large uh, ma'am. You called nine one one. Yeah. Extra pepperoni, ma'am. Are you being, you know, and then all of a sudden it clicks, ma'am, are you being held captive? Yeah. 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 That's good. And so they kind of have that kind of uh, relationship with the person on the other line. And it just, uh, the whole movie stays on him. And so when she's on the phone, you hear her on the phone, when he's talking to other dispatch, so on and so forth, and it, it goes places. I would say, do you like the movie Lock with Tom Hardy? Oh, hold on. Hold on one second. I can I can now pick you up, pick up on Eric Holmes. So you haven't seen this, right, Bruce? You haven't seen The Guilty? I have not. I was literally looking it up where it's playing as he was talking about it, and it looks like it's on Hulu. So I will definitely watch this movie. Oh, it's, it's on Hulu. Okay, so The Guilty yeah. is on Hulu. And I believe. <laughs> Don't I'm hold gonna, me to it, but I think so. Uh, okay, well, I'll, t- I'll tell you something about The Guilty, okay? I'll, I'll tell you. Oh, okay, Eric Holmes is back. I'm, Eric Holmes, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to pick up where you left off regarding The Guilty. Bruce Perky right. said The Guilty is available on Hulu. A couple years back, I am going to pat myself on the back for the, on this. I got an early screening link of from Magnolia Pictures. They sent me a link to The Guilty. I saw this. This is a... This is, we were wondering, is this a Finnish film? It's a Scandinavian, from Norway, horrible on this. I, I think it says the original title is Den Skyldig, but it's just called The Guilty, foreign film. But here's the thing. Eric Holmes mentioned Locke, and Locke is a movie that's starring Tom Hardy that's highly praised. Dude in a car, something happens at work, whatever. That's talks to his family. Interesting. Tour de Force performance. I remember the, when I saw The Guilty, I said to myself, this movie is in my opinion, better than Locke, and it won't get the love that Locke received. 
and I was right. Hasn't received. It's been two years. I actually, for some reason, I forgot about this movie. It's been two years, and it still hasn't received this, the same amount of love as Locke. At, at the very least, it's as good as Locke, I think. Eric Holmes, would you even say that as good? Yeah. Well, I, I hate comparing the two of them because they're both fantastic. But uh, this one is like, you know how like Locke is like so low stakes, but yeah. you're at the edge of the, your seat? Okay, think of you being at the edge of your seat watching Locke with the stakes as low as they are. The stakes in The Guilty are up to 11. And they just keep climbing as you find more about what's going on. Yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful film. It's it's and it, and here's the thing about guilt, the guilty. You can literally, if you actually have a physical copy of it, or playing on your Apple TV or Fire Stick, this is one of these movies where you bring people over and you have them watch it with you. It's it's a it's really a gem of a film. It's I guess you, Eric, we were talking about how it's going to be remade. I think down the road, but see this original it's fantastic and it's you're going to be on the edge of your seat it's only 85 minutes i think it's a close to a perfect film i rarely actually have my mom sit down and watch my screening links and everything like that this is one of maybe two or three films within the last two years that i, I said you have to see this movie she ended up loving it so mm-hmm. by the way the other movie was i care a lot and she she really hated it after five minutes <laughs> <laughs> so that was well, well speaking yeah. of perfect movie i i agree uh, when I heard they were doing a remake, uh, they mentioned that on the film vault that Antoine, Antoine Fuqua is doing it, yeah. which I, I like Antoine Fuqua yeah, for fine. the most He's part. Fine. And before I saw the movie, I read the uh, the synopsis. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, this can make a, you know, he, he'd probably do a pretty good version of it. And then I saw this. I'm like, dude, this, why? <laughs> they, they they nailed it. The, the only thing you're getting out of an American remake is that they're, you don't have to read subtitles. That's literally the only, you know, it would definitely be more convenient, but just, just the way they, they shot everything. They kept everything on him. The mm-hmm. way the suspense builds yeah. uh, the, the story. This, I mean, well, first of all, we, we talk about uh, great stories that you can remake. You could absolutely remake this, but they just nailed it so hard. I don't know why you would bother. Well, as I get older, I get a little bit kinder and I think, I mean, even something like Gus Van Zandt's version of Psycho, which is a shot-by-shot remake, I now, in my old age, or actually, one of our listeners said, Greg, stop saying you're old. 50's not old. And, you know, I'm like, I still think 50's old. And in my elderly age, I think the one good thing about remaking The Guilty or remaking Psycho or remaking whatever is the the hope and dream that people will see this version of the movie, the new, the American version, and then go back to the original, you know, just going back. And it, maybe I, I look at this remake of the guilty. If Antoine Fuqua directs it, it could be bad. could be good. could be mediocre. It, it will be hard to top the original, but hopefully that will divert some of the people who are curious to see the original version of the guilty. But yeah, you can make a good point to Eric Holmes's point that why remake something that's so perfect. And my, conciliatory answer is maybe it'll draw them here back here another, another. Uh, it, uh, greg, oh, go ahead i have a question for greg on this one yeah have you seen the original of old boy eric holmes <laughs> <laughs> that's a very bad very bad thing this is this eric holmes uh you know bruce perky has just called me out because i praised the spike lee film old boy and i've only seen sections of the original film old boy and i, I know the twist i know the whole thing and I, I did enjoy the original old boy from what little i've seen maybe 10 15 minutes but yeah i have not 
Sparky. <laughs> Have you seen the remake to Old Boy? Did you see the remake? Remake? No. Me? Yeah. No. You Why would I go forward when I could have gone backwards? Anyway, I was going to ask you one other question. Did you guys? <laughs> did you guys? <laughs> did you guys know that I used to be a nine one one operator? Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, you have to see this because I totally <laughs> want your take on like how because there's some stuff they do in this that's like I don't really you're supposed to say that on the thing. Okay. But uh, I did not know that one. Or maybe I did and I forgot, which is also entirely possible. And two, now I you have to see this. I need your take on this. How long? Wait, how many years or how long were you a nine one one operator? Uh, only a couple of years, but enough. Oh, only a couple of years. That's a lot. I mean, I yeah. couldn't. I wouldn't be able to last uh, twenty minutes. That's must high high st- high stakes and high stress, right? Yeah, it can can be. It's like it's probably like war, right? Where it's like lots and lots of bullshit, and every so often something comes through, and you're just like, "Oh, holy shit!" And then you're, yeah, it can be interesting for sure. What an important job! You know, we're going back to Greenland again. I I was on the phone. I had a phone job. You know, what my, my phone job was. <laughs> I was a collection agent. The suburban <laughs> was a collection agent. Yep, yep, yep. I thought you, I thought you were going to say phone sex operator. Like, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm the idiot. No, you're fine. You just jerk off on your stomach all you want. I'm I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. So anyway, so what 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 am I wearing? I'm wearing I'm wearing nothing or everything. No what, pants. What, whatever, whatever you want. No pants. Dogs don't wear pants. Very funny. Very funny. Very funny. Eric Holmes. No, I. That was my job as a suburban kid, entitled suburban kid, one of those entitled characters from Greenland. I called people up. I worked for Sears, and I'd say, hey. You know what? You're you're past due. This was like 25 years ago. You're past due on your payment. Do you mind walking into your local Sears store and make a minimum minimum $15 payment? And I would, you know, I would I would get them in. And oh, I'm sorry. And you know, if not, then I'm gonna have to mark this up on my computer. And I just don't want to. Yes, I'm just saying, Bruce, you're much much more elevated human than me, <laughs> as opposed to my my bottom line dealings on the phone. Actually, Eric Holmes is the whole thing about the stomach and everything. That that might that might have been a more uh, humanistic job than what I was doing as a bill collector. I will say that at least in that sense, someone is feeling relieved at the end of the conversation. Okay, so. <laughs> Eric, do you have any more recommendations before we get to what's in the box? The dirtiest well, uh, dirtiest box. episode ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you're right. I, I, I got a, a a quick one. I was going to save it for next week, but I'll, I'll just go real quick on this. Um, we talk about The Guilty is being remade yeah. and a fantastic movie that's being remade. And I watched a movie that was remade uh, called 13, which is mm-hmm. a remake of 13 Zametti or Tizametti. Okay. Zametti. Basically, a guy gets someone ODs on heroin and the guy finds a letter of his and follows it to this place where there's a room where they play this game of Russian roulette among what like, uh, well, it's got to be more than 13 because it's it's number 13 anyway uh they they stand in a circle point a gun with one bullet in front of the person and pull the trigger and some people die and some people don't and they keep going till there's one person left uh 13s of media is very stressful and very suspenseful and very good and you should watch it 13 is directed by the same guy that directed 13s of media it's the american remake version of it and it's also good not great uh but kind of pointless which is what I'm kind of uh, worried that the remake of uh, The Guilty is going to be. It's like 
13 Zametti is so good, and there's nothing wrong with 13. It's got Jason Satham, Michael Shannon screaming a bunch in it. It's got a <laughs> David Zayas. Okay. Greg just interviewed him not long ago. So check that out on the uh, Cinematics Patreon. Yeah, very good. Uh, yeah, very good. Very good pull on that one. Yeah. But yeah, 13 as a remake, it's not bad. And if you haven't seen 13 Zametti, maybe check out 13. And then go back and watch 13 Zametti and see what you're missing out. <laughs> well, okay. So basically we're saying go for the Zametti. That's definitely worth it. You would definitely, that's a strong, is it a strong recommend 13 Zametti for you? Strong recommend on that one? 13. Yeah. 13 Zametti is very strong. When, when that came out, I think it was 2005. Five, yeah. I must've watched that movie like 10 times. I love that movie. And, okay. oh, and we talk about physical media. If you get the DVD, there's a, a short on there and I can't remember what the short is, but it's pretty funny. You should watch that too. But uh, yeah, 13 Zemetti is very highly recommended. I think if you're not familiar with that and you watch 13, you probably watch and go, this is pretty good. Why does everyone hate it? Well, I'll watch 13 Zemetti and, and you know, it, it, it's that going forward, going backward. Okay, if, you, no. if you've never seen the original Old Boy, you don't know why. What's that about? I, I'm not, not to pile on, but you don't no. know why the <laughs> Wait, Old Boy isn't as good. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't. I don't know who directed the original Old Boy. So I'm sorry. I'm kidding. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's really bad that I haven't seen. I'm sorry, folks. I haven't seen Old Boy. But <laughs> what you're saying is not to not to watch Thirteen if you've already seen Zametti, right? This is your yeah not- yeah yeah. If you if you already seen Thirteen Zametti, you don't need to see Thirteen because okay. you've already you've already seen it. Uh, if you've never seen either one of them, and Thirteen is available, then check it out. You'll probably like it. And I didn't say the old boy to disparage you further. I'm just saying. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. If, if, if you've never seen old boy, the original, and you watch the remake, you'd probably like it. And then you can go back and watch the original and go, oh, wow. Now I see why everyone was pissed at me for not watching the video. You know. But yeah, 13, not bad. If you've already seen 13 Zemetti, don't bother. You know what we got to do one day, Bruce, is uh, on a future episode, we should just do a, an old boy episode where we critique <laughs> Spike Lee's version and uh, the other filmmakers' version. The other filmmakers. <laughs> and then I'll make a puppet version of of Old Boy, and then we can see which is the best. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so sad that I, you know, and I, you know, it's one of those. So, is Old Boy really high on your list as far as that that genre? You know, uh, as far as, I love I love Chan Wook Park. I love his I love his movies, but you you highly recommend, of course. Is that your favorite from Park, Mister Park? Mine. I, I like Lady Vengeance of that trilogy. Oh, okay, um, gotcha. I, my a lot of people do like Old Boy. That's kind of the the because he got Mister Sympathy for Mister Vengeance, Old yes. Boy, and then Lady Vengeance. My personal favorite's Lady Vengeance, but a lot of a lot of people uh, hold Old Boy. It's probably that hallway hammer scene, I imagine, and the fucked up twist. Well, and isn't is <laughs> oh, is a horrible he uh, is he the the handmaiden? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think The Handmaiden is the best thing I've seen by him. I think I agree, I agree with you. Have you seen The Handmaiden, Eric Holmes? No, no. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm oh. looking up his. I'm looking up his IMDb. Uh, yeah, he did. He did Stoker, which I believe Stoker is good. That, yeah, that was a good one. Uh, yeah, Stoker's very good. But but he did The Handmaiden. Oh shit! Yes, yeah, I did love Thirst. Three Extremes. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should probably just do a director spotlight. Huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe on Mr. Park. But uh, but to, to Bruce's point and listeners, if you haven't seen The Handmaid in 2016, I believe it's streaming for free right now on Amazon Prime Video. The only thing that will, will lead you 
not to go see it is it has a really long runtime. Now, here's the thing. There is a reason why it has a really long runtime. Me and Bruce will not give that away, but it is worth the long runtime, especially if you love a period drama with beautiful costume design, really great acting, sensuality, and intricate and an intricate storyline. And if you love this previous work, I'm sure you've seen already seen The Handmaiden, but especially if you're not even a fan of Mr. Park and haven't seen Old Boy or Thirst, Sympathy for the Vengeance and the, you know, Lady Vengeance, The Handmaiden stands on its own. It's, you don't have to be a fan of Mr. Park to like that. Was, to like, wait, yes. Was, was The Handmaiden, was that the one with the, they had like the lesbian scenes and yes. then there was something in the uh, basement with a bunch of jars? Yeah. I did see that one. That was good. <laughs> okay, very, very good. Very good. Very good. Yes, yes. So, so uh, yeah. So we're all completed. Yeah, one of these days we'll be talking about Mr. Park. A great, great uh, man. Great, great man. But okay, so that is it. We are now before we close the show. We're we're gonna figure out what's in the box. Bruce Perky, what do you got for us this week? This week, this was Jesper Quinn's second yes. "What's in the Box" suggestion. You, yeah. Uh, this is Dream Demon from 1988, directed by Harley Coakless. I believe I'm saying the name correctly. Uh, this is available on Arrow. If you have the Arrow subscription for that network, I just rented it. You can rent it for like a buck, I think. So it's not much. It's worth it. Okay, very cool. um, basic actors in this. Uh, Diana is played by uh, Gemma Redgrave. Jenny's played by Kathleen uh, Wilhoit. And Russell's Timothy Spall. Timothy Spall, you might know. He's been in a bunch of things, but probably most recognizable from the Harry Potter series. series. <laughs> Have you seen this one, Eric? Because I feel like you'd remember this if you'd seen this movie. No, I haven't. Yeah. I have not. So opening. <laughs> so. This is a British movie. I feel like this was probably sold as the British answer to A Nightmare on Elm Street. And it only is in the aspect that it has a lot of dream sequences in it, but it's not the same sort of story. There's not a Freddy Krueger kind of a character or anything. So opening shot, though, I got to tell you the opening shot just for mostly for Eric's (laughs) purpose. You start out, it's kind of this dreamy, white, gauzy look. A woman's going to get married. It's the Diana character. She goes up to the front. They're having the, you know, do you take this woman, blah, blah, blah. Total uh, perfect blonde Ken doll kind of guy. And she's next to him. And, and you know, they look at her to say, I do. And she doesn't do it. And she just looks at him and says, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I, I can't. I'm not ready for it or whatever. And he looks at her with kind of this, he's, Almost like one of those guys you'd see like the the blonde antagonist in like Karate Kid or something, that perfect dude. And he looks at her and he just slaps her hard across the face. And then she looks back at him like all teary eyed and she slaps him hard across the face. But his head flies off and blood sprays all over her and her dress. (laughs) Very cool. And that's the opening of the movie. Please Uh, tell me that's on the poster. (laughs) How how would that not sell the movie? (laughs) So, of course, she wakes up. It's a nightmare. But the the whole movie basically is her moving into this new house. She is engaged to that guy. And she's having these nightmares. And the nightmares may or may not be encroaching upon her actual reality. This is, a, this is like a fun 80s horror slash fantasy that somehow you never saw. It's one is of those it scary kind of or is it more just cheesy campy? It's kind of in between. It's not too scary, but I'm not 
too scared by those kind of movies. But it's got some really fun dream sequences. It's got some really good practical effects. Uh, and it's got a pretty good story. So the thing that's mm-hmm. kind of unique about it is the Diana character, who's Jenna, or not, not Diana character, the Jenny character, Kathleen Wilhoyt. She's an American and she feels drawn to the house that Diana's in. And Diana feels like maybe this house is causing her to have these nightmares. She's not sure what. And the Jenny character thinks that she might've lived there when she was a kid, but she's not sure. So she's kind of drawn to her. And she's kind of this punky sort of girl from LA. And they kind of team up um, to try to solve what's going on as these weird dreams keep kind of escalating and, and weirder and weirder things start happening. So in that aspect, it's a very unique for that 80s horror trope yeah. in that you have two young women teamed up together and it's disparate it's a total not yeah like an unlinked situation yeah and i think the other thing that i really liked about it is that it kind of plays out a little more like so there's a bunch of standard kind of horror stereotypes right and one of them is kind of the the ghost story where you have to solve the mystery to free the ghost you know from it the curse or whatever yeah this aims a little more towards that with kind of a, a nightmare on elm street sort of veneer with all the weird dreams and stuff. And the dreams are really fun and effective and, and, and somewhat creepy and, and, and just energetic and fun. This movie has a lot going for it. I think if you already like, especially 80s style horror movies, um, you'll enjoy this. And it's, I don't know how I didn't write down the runtime, but it's, you know, like 80 minutes, 90 minutes, something like that. It's not very long. I think you could do um, a heck of a lot worse than checking out this movie. I, I thought it was it was it was pretty solid and kind of a lost gem, I think, from that era. Yeah. Are you surprised that they that when you were watching it, did you say to yourself, Oh, I, I completely this went under my radar? I mean, this went I, I can't believe I didn't see this movie or yeah, I really can't believe I I didn't look up into the history of it. I wonder if it didn't get much of a release, or this might have been one of those that kind of got straight to vhs or something or because it's british british horror in the 80s had a lot of trouble because they had a lot of things about like the video nasties i'm sure eric's probably aware of the video nasties thing where they would actually ban a lot of horror movies they're considered them too gross or too gory or whatever so it might have had issues with censorship in england and caused probably some distribution errors or something i don't know I'm guessing, but it's good. It's really fun. Okay, so that is Dream Demon. It is I mean, yeah. again, again. You rented it for I think a buck. I think I'm gonna yeah, ninety nine cents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you know I'll, I'll start renting stuff again. I'm I think I'm as the weeks progress. I think I'm slowly falling into Eric Holmes's trap where if where I go by convenience, if I see something on YouTube and I can click for five or six bucks, I may just do it <laughs> because you know to Eric's point, I've been giving him so much ish for weeks. But honestly, when you rent on YouTube, it's just right there. It's right. It's I mean, yeah. it just transfers right there. Very, very simple. Very, very and that good. opening scene alone is oh, worth the price yeah. of admission. That's worth <laughs> so, a buck. That's worth a buck. Yeah. Did so, they I'm, say? Did they say Dreamweaver at all in that movie? <laughs> I don't think so. It's got oh, the soundtrack is very, very reminiscent of Nightmare on Elm Street. I wouldn't be surprised if they like forced the guy to write it because it has that kind of sound. And I'm like, oh boy, you guys didn't try very hard on that one, but eh, it's whatever. Okay, and 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 I don't since I don't trust Bruce Perky at all. I decided to go to just watch. I'm kidding, Bruce. It is yes, again, it is sub. You can sub it on on Arrow, Arrow Films, their streaming service. And like Bruce said, wow, Apple TV, ninety nine cents, Amazon, ninety nine cents. Worst case scenario, YouTube, a dollar ninety nine, and Google Play, a dollar ninety nine. I am never going to ish on YouTube again because I plan to get rent- rented for ninety nine cents on Apple TV. But who knows? One day I may just 
click that YouTube link and totally Eric Holmes it. So, okay, that is it. Oh, now it's time for uh, your what's in the box for next week. Oh, what's in the box? What's in the fucking box? <laughs> so much, Eric Holmes. All right. Okie dokie. Oh, Matt Stillman. Oh, Matt, Matt Stil- Stillman. Listeners, by the way, join us on our Cinematic Facebook group. We have some really interesting cinephiles. They, you know, it's not just me, Eric, Eric Holmes, and Bruce Perky. Uh, there's a lot of members who, who really contribute a lot to what we, we're, we're trying to do every morning. Matt Stillman has a really interesting movie pick, two or three movie picks that he just posts on our Facebook page. And he's, he has a really great taste. I can't believe he's all, already up to 100 movies oh my gosh. This, this year. It's amazing. I, I think I'm up doing. to 80 something, but I have a lot of shorts in there. So I got to cheat it. So. Oh, Matt, yeah. Matt, Matt's a crazy person. We love you, Matt Stillman. Okay, go ahead, Bruce. It's Somewhere by Sofia Coppola. Not seen it. Have you? Oh, have you seen Somewhere, Eric Holmes? I haven't even heard of it, but I don't really follow Sofia Coppola. I think the only movie of hers I've seen was Virgin Suicides. No, no. You saw Lost in Translation, buddy. If you, oh, yeah. 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 Okay. And uh, hey. I, I endured that. <laughs> okay. And you saw the best movie ever made, Godfather Part Well, she, well she, Yeah. Well, she, she was in it, but that wasn't the was Francis Ford Coppola movie. But yeah, just, just, yeah. Even, just, just bringing her back to your favorite movie ever. So Seen plenty of Nick Coppola movie, movies. <laughs> Are any of you guys a fan of um, Stephen Dorff? Eric or Bruce, yeah. do you like Stephen Dorff at all? He, yeah. he is pretty awesome in Judgment Night. I'm fucking scared, Frank. <laughs> I, I'm so old. I even did the, I even did the press check of the Judgment Night. Really enjoyed that movie. Underrated. Starring, I believe, Cuba Gooding Jr., uh, the aforementioned Dorff, and Emilio Estevez. But, by the way, Somewhere, directed by Sofia Coppola, features Stephen Dorff as a very successful actor. And all he does these days is he lives at the Chateau Marmont on Sunset Boulevard. And the movie focuses on his relationship with his daughter, played by a very young Elle Fanning. So that is somewhere ah. what you're going to see. And it's a very, I'm not going to give too much away, but I, I really, it's, no, honestly, Lost in Translation is probably Sofia Coppola's best film from what I've seen. My personal favorite is Somewhere. So, ah. yeah, good choice by Matt Stillman. Cool. All right. Somewhere. Out there. So okay, somewhere no. out there. Very good, very good. Well, I think that that movie was from an, an American tale or one of those movies. I forgot what. Don really, Bluth. Really, oh, Don Bluth. Very, very good, very good. Eric Holmes with that callback. One of these days, we're, and then now I will sing the theme song to uh, Coonskin. Um, <laughs> no, no, do not do that. <laughs> that is a callback to our Ralph Bakshi episode. Check us out our, our previous Find Your Film Spotlight on Ralph Bakshi. Speaking of which. Bruce Perky, in about a week or so, we're going to be doing another director spotlight. We just finished up with Ronald Neem. What is your next director spotlight? Leo, oh boy, I don't know if I can say the name. Leo Karach. <laughs> C-A-R-A-X. Okay, Karach. Yeah, I did. This is kind of a shot in the dark. Uh, I've seen a couple of his movies. I would say they're not 100% successful, but they're 100% interesting and unique. So I think it's going to be worth diving into. Uh, We're going to watch Holy Motors from the 2010s, the 2010s, I believe. And uh, we're going to watch The Lovers on the Bridge from the early 90s. Okay, The Lovers on the Bridge and Holy Motors. I, I hear so many great things about Holy Motors, a lot of people, I remember when it came out, a lot of people really, really fell in love with Holy Motors. I'm excited to see if that that's, if that's any good. 
So <laughs> I'm sure. Are you it's, are you excited? Oh, what Bruce? What are you it's getting? very very unique, uh, and it okay. definitely has a lot of different things going on in it. So it'll 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 you'll have opinions about it for sure. Okay, so you know, Holy Motors. We got Holy Motors. We got Lovers on the Bridge down the road. Several weeks from now, we might do uh, Dogma ninety five doesn't wear pants. You don't. Ne- you never know what's going to happen in Find Your Film. There's going to be a lot of other things going on within our universe. Please again join us on our Cinematics Facebook group on a. Every week we uh, do Blu-ray and DVD giveaways. And most importantly, we have a really cool community of friends, cinephiles who give movie recommendations. Eric Holmes, take us out. Yeah, actually, one thing I want to bring up, I'll get more into it later, but I've been uh, uh, talked about my game based on the movie that I'll be making. And I've come across some people at strangefatecrafts.square.site. And uh, they're currently doing a, uh, a Kickstarter campaign to get more tools so they can make stuff faster. But they make a tabletop game-related wood pieces. I've showed you guys the pictures of uh, some of the artwork they do, and I'll I'll post the I'll post a link on the uh, on the cinematics. But these are fantastic people. I met them, and they're going to help me with my game. And uh, there will be more information to come on that soon. But that information, when it comes out, is going to be freaking sweet. I cannot wait to share it with everyone. And you've seen the work they've done. You've, you're you're a fan. You're, you just really like what. They're oh doing. yeah, yeah, huge fan. They so what they do is they make a, like a wood boxes. If you're in the D and D, it's stuff you can put your you know D and D games, uh, yeah. character sheets, dice, all that. And they also have these things called the uh, finger dragons. It's these uh, leather fake faux leather, but it's these leather things, and you kind of wear on your hand, kind of like a kind of like a bracelet, but it comes up on your fingers and you kind of do it like a dragon finger puppet. And that's really cool. And they're just, it's a, it's a, as far as I can tell, it's a husband, wife and a daughter. And all three are immensely talented. And from what I can tell, just wonderful people. And it's really cool to see a family kind of work together. Actually, I take that back. It's almost kind of sickening seeing that much talent in that small of a space. It's kind of like a- a, Send the meteor. Send it now. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of of like Rob Schneider in 51st States. It's like, you kids suck. You're good at everything. But uh, yeah, these these people are insanely talented, insanely nice people. And if you would- uh, yeah, check them out at strangefatecrafts.square.site and check out. And if you're into something that they do, support them. And if you want to help out with their Kickstarter campaign, which will help them make more stuff faster because it's a small operation, definitely help there too. It would that be much is, appreciated. That is cool. All right. We'll put that in our show notes as well. Very interesting stuff. Probably. I did, Bruce, were you ever a D&D person, RPG person when you were a kid or did you skip yeah. that whole thing? Okay. No, okay, yeah. I've got the original... D&D handbook that I got back in like the late 70s back behind me. Oh, it is tattered amazing. and torn to pieces, but I still have it. So yes. Oh, don't yeah, and you know what? I I wonder do, do kids these days do do they do the table uh, there's still people who still love doing the tabletop gaming, right? Yeah. There will always be nerds. There will always be nerds. And that folks is a great way to end another episode of Find Your Film. Have a great week watching movies and uh, we'll see you next week.